The 5 p.m. cocktail hour on Josh Cohen and the home team is brought to you by Rachel's Palm Beach, your premier adult dining steakhouse and entertainment experience, servicing the Palm Beaches for over two decades. To learn more, visit rachelspalmbeach.com. Good evening. Salud. <laughs> Chin down. <laughs> Listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina, delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 1063. As we make our way into the week of March Madness, the home team on the ride home, live 4 to 6 p.m. inside the world famous cocktail hour. You just heard the cocktail hour being served by Rachel's Palm Beach, featuring an award winning restaurant, Rachel's, your ultimate choice. For a steakhouse feast, sign up for a free Rachel's VIP membership today. You can get rewards like complimentary dinner parties each month, discounts on cocktails, VIP bottle service, special access to exclusive events, and more. Head to Rachel's every Sunday and Monday for their half off any steak and $100 bottle combo. A ride out every Tuesday. Tacos and tequila. That's Tina's style. Mm. And Rachel's, you come for the steak and you stay for the cake, as they put it. Um, you know how that works. <laughs> it means the entertainment. Yes. It means, listen, I was there two weeks ago for dinner, and I'm telling you, I haven't eaten like that in years. Rachel's Palm Beach, just off of I-95 exit at 45th Street. It is cleaner and classier and nicer than any of the adult clubs you've been to. You're going to get a meal like you've never had and not a terrible uh, show and visuals to be enjoyed as well. Gentlemen just want to be, you know, treated right. You want to be treated with respect. That's this type of club. And by the way, lots of couples I see dining there as well and enjoying the nightlife activities. Rachel's Palm Beach. Get used to it. If you haven't been in a while, they just redid it with huge screens inside for all the fights and games and everything else. Visit rachelspalmbeach.com, rachelspalmbeach.com. Make a reservation for the steakhouse experience of a lifetime. Dean, what did Frank Sinatra say about the cocktail hour? It's the cocktail hour, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be in jets. Is that what he said? It's the cocktail hour. For me, it is right now. Yeah, not sure. Not sure. <laughs> One thing I do know for sure, though, is that you can take Brightline to the Miami Heat games. You can take Brightline the Miami FC games. You can take Brightline up to the Palm Beach Boat Show. And in all those instances, transportation is done. And by that, I mean you go down to Heat games on the buzzer eater trains. You walk two blocks. There's the arena. You go to Miami FC soccer games. There's a complimentary shuttle to take you right there to the stadium from the Fort Lauderdale station. And to West Palm Beach for the boat show coming up next week. Bright line up, and you walk two blocks down, and you're right there in the heart of the Palm Beach boat show. Uh, Bright line. Best way to skip 95, to skip traffic, to skip parking, to instead enjoy the journey. Go to gobrightline.com. Gobrightline.com. Download the free Brightline app. Punch in promo code JoshC10, JoshC10. Save on all of your trips. Last night was the Oscars. 
Thursday night is the, actually Thursday day is the first full day of March Madness. Friday, Dean, Tina is already asking, what are you doing on Friday? Because we have the day off because we're going uh-huh. to we're going to play the NCAA tournament here at ESPN 1063 all day, all night. So Tina's, right. uh, Tina's already asking, what are you doing on Friday? We're going to do on Friday. Tina wants you to know be- how rare it is that we get a Friday night off. I'm off every Friday night. Okay, well, I mean, like, for me, like, leaving work at 5 p.m. Well, it's all about you, I guess. You know how rare that is for me? Of course, and it's St. Paddy's Day. Of course I'm taking advantage of that. And there's an extra hour of daylight. There you go. (gasps) St. Patrick's Day on Fridays is always dangerous. I remember several years St. Patrick's Day was on Fridays. It's always dangerous because people leave work at, like, 11 a.m. They're like, I'm going to go to lunch, and then they work out of office the rest of the day, and they never come back to work. Instead, they're day drinking into night drinking. Uh, St. Patrick's Day Fridays get sloppy. Sloppy. Even worse, I think, than Saturday, St. Patrick's Days. I think even worse than Saturdays, where you'd think that would be even worse because you wake up early, get at it. Friday, St. Patrick's Day seem to get uh, messier, sloppier. Because there's something devious about leaving work and drinking on that friday so like everybody wants to do it and kind of like celebrate and be a deviant so you're right i think that on friday is a lot worse Agreed. than saturday because saturday is like you know they're like nah you know what i'm gonna chill a little bit you feel like you're skipping school you feel like you're doing yeah. something dangerous you feel like a rebel because if you're day drinking on a work day and it's st patrick's day and march madness is happening because march madness will tip friday at 10 afternoon so 1210, you know, games are underway. Mm-hmm. What's better than March Madness on a Friday, perfect weather, uh, spring training, and it's St. Patrick's Day? Look how excited you are right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, though, that Super like excited. I won't leave here until probably 5. But, again, it's rare that I have a Friday evening off where I don't have to worry about well, the show. Walk four blocks uh, north, and then you'll find me and others, I'm sure, downtown already uh, half in the bag. Well, I will find you. <laughs> or I'm going to take Mike Bauer's option and possibly go to Abacoa. Uh, that's daytime, though. Yeah, That game's well, no, in the daytime. No, the, okay, wait, I'm not going to the game, but go what's going on after the game. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I see. But yeah, I, I already making my St. Paddy's Day plans. Figuring them out. So we got Jimmy Garoppolo on a three-year deal to the Raiders for $67.5 million. $34 million of that is guaranteed, according to ESPN. Diana Rossini and Adam Schefter, they both confirmed as such. We got Mike White leaving the Jets, coming to the interdivision rival Miami Dolphins to back up to a tongue of Iowa on a two-year deal that could be worth up to $16 million. And yet we have all indications that the Packers have moved on from Aaron Rodgers. We have all indications that the Jets are doing, going to do whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. But what we don't have still is Aaron Rodgers saying, I want to play another year. I want to still play. If he would say that, all this could get settled. Publicly, he hasn't said that. He likes the drama. Great. Um, he gets it. You got it. Fantastic. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers deciding to play and the deal will get done and he will be the quarterback of the New York Jets uh, this fall. This is NSYNC once saying this, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Do you have reason to believe I'm telling the truth? I think you're telling the truth. Dean, do you have reason to believe I'm I, telling the truth? Yeah, I got reason to believe you're telling the truth. Well, we, like you said, he's not going back to Green Bay. That's pretty much established. Right. But again, I just can't stand hearing him talk, man. I hate how he talks to people. I hate the fact that he talks to people like that they're stupid and he's always like trolling people. But they are stupid. People. But people are stupid. That people are true. stupid. <laughs> You're right. That is true. Um, but I don't know. But listening to him, I feel like he's talking to me too. And I like, I don't think of myself as stupid. You know what I'm saying? So like when I hear him talk to other people like they're stupid, right. I feel like he's talking to me like I'm stupid. That's why I got a problem. Reporters with are annoying. People who ask questions of athletes and coaches are annoying. 
They're trying to trap you, trying to trick you, trying to give you bulletin board material. They're trying to, if I had to answer questions that I asked them, I would be even worse. I would be even more uh, deprecating to them. I would be even more dismissive of those asking questions. If I were a fighter that won a fight over the last five telecasts, Daniel Cormier said, congratulations, how does this feel to win the fight? I'd say, it feels terrible, Daniel. Nobody likes to win. <laughs> what kind of question is that? And then they go, tell me about this. Tell me it's not a question, Daniel. Rephrase it in the form of a question. Don't you watch Jeopardy? Ooh. I'm just saying, it's annoying. Yeah. Now you're right. You're right. You're right. People are stupid. So sometimes, so now you're putting it into a different perspective for me. So now I can see it a little bit differently because when I think about the way Aaron Rodgers talks to people, he talks to people as if they're on Twitter. Like he talks to them like they're on Twitter, just like, shut up. You no, know, like, he doesn't say that. Up. He doesn't say No, that. I'm just saying, but that's, but that's like the vibe that I get from him. Like I get a, like a shut up, leave me alone type of vibe. What's if all day you had people asking you questions because they're trying to trip you up. They're trying to, they're trying to catch you. They're trying to, I mean, you know that vibe of like trying to set somebody up so that they fail? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what every reporter and journalist does to Aaron Rodgers all day through all this. No one's ever like, Aaron, you had a great game on Sunday. Um, why did you feel things went so well for you? They don't ask him that. They say the game was pretty good, but not your best compared to this game. How much would you say you've lost a step? How much you say you've fallen off? What what role does age now have? Do you believe in your lower quarterback completion percentage? Like they be going air on Aaron Rodgers? Of course they do. Yeah, everything is set up to try and trip them up, and that's what we do because this is sports media, and it's not about except for Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier wants to know <laughs> how good does it feel to get the win. <laughs> Could you imagine someone answering and saying, let me think about that? Yeah. I'll pretty- get back to you. Well, hold on. What's yeah. somebody's, I'm here with your winner. Congratulations, man. How good does it feel to get this win? Let me think about that. Like, back rubs feel pretty good. <sighs> puppies. Puppies are good. I like, I, oh, I like ice cream. Someone, you know, let's put it between ice cream and puppies, but not as good, not as good as a full back rub. Well, we're we using lotion. Are we not using lotion? Is it through my shirt? Is it not? Like, it feels pretty good, but all right. So if, and Cormier's like, let's move on. No, no, you asked a question. Let me answer the question. <laughs> what are they like? Did you, did you not just see me do a backflip? Literally. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the, did the black flip not explain that to you? My excitement. Yeah. Did, would that tell you how good it felt? Um, I was cringing. Saturday after the first fight was over, I went into my kitchen and because I'm fat and I'm fat now. And I went and fat JC went to go get himself um, some potato chips and uh, some dip. Uh, they got these Utz potato chips now. I think they're Utz. And they are um, fried pickle flavor. So they're not pickle flavor. Yeah, how's that? And they're not fried... Because you ever get fried pickle chips? You know, they're breaded and fried? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love taste, them. I dip them in ranch. Taste exactly, exactly like. Does it really? Fried pickles. Mm. It's, it's unbelievable. I love pickles. So I'm getting me some of that. So I can't see the TV right now, but I can hear it. And I hear Cormier say, I'm here with your winner. And I cringed. I kind of closed my eyes and I cringed. And I said, please don't ask him how good does it feel. Please don't ask. And he said, how good does it feel to get the... And I said, no! <laughs> my, my neighbors uh, my neighbors probably thought something terrible happened. Because I yelled, no! And they're like, "Like, what happened? What happened? He's like, He just asked him how good it felt. He asked him how good it felt to win a fight. <laughs> and then somebody on Twitter started arguing with me. And I said, they're like, a better question. Oh, it was your buddy. It was your buddy. It was Dean's best friend from growing up, Mr. Met Kev C. 
Hmm. Oh, really? What did he say? Something about what's, you know, it's a question. I said, no, 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 no. It's never a good question if the answer is obvious. It's only a good question when the answer isn't. If we know what the answer is going to be, there's no point in asking the question. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know what I think it is. I think he, when he gets in that spot, like he just, he just says what the first thing that comes to his mind, and which was the same thing that he asked the other guys, right? Right. So, but it's, and, but it's, but lazy. it's lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It is incredibly lazy. Yeah. But, but let's be fair. Like Daniel isn't known for his work ethic as a broadcaster. Correct. <laughs> but during the fight, he can see something. He is a very, very insightful and educated wrestler, wrestling coach, fighter. He could see something during the fight and he could say, congratulations on the win. I noticed you didn't do much of this, but still found a way to do that. When was the moment? What did you realize you could exploit? And then fans are going to go, oh, that's interesting. But instead, yeah, how good does it feel? True. I'm in the kitchen yelling, no! <laughs> You're 1,200, you know, 2,000 miles away, like an idiot. Get it. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, speaking of questions and answers, uh, the interview that uh, may have been the most cringe, awkward from the entire weekend. Last year at the Oscars, we had the slap that everybody was like, oh, did you see that? And you got to choose sides. This year, we had an interview. And I happened to see it live. I was watching the red carpet to the Oscars on ABC. And Ashley Graham, who is a model, she's a famous plus size model. She was one of the first generation of the big oh, girls yes. that are models. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So she offered it, ushered in a new era of, uh, hey, you don't got to be a zero or a two. You can be an eight, 10, 12, 14. And look at, I'm gorgeous. And she is. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely gorgeous. She is. So here now is movie star, or should I say, Actor, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant was a charming, handsome British actor that had a gorgeous movie star girlfriend. And they had that life. And they would go to the Oscars and these events. And be like, oh, my goodness, my goodness. And then he had the scandal of all scandals. Dean, you'll remember. Tina, you won't because it was the year you were born. That he was in uh, Los Angeles. And his fiance was back in. By the way, she starred in um, Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dean, you remember Hugh Grant? Yeah, who was it? And Elizabeth Hurley? Is that who it was? Yes, Elizabeth Hurley yeah. was her name. Uh, right. Tina, Elizabeth Hurley, gorgeous actress, his fiance. He's in California, she's in, in England, and he gets arrested. Uh, he gets busted by the police with a prostitute Ugh. from the street. Not a high, you know, uh, paid escort service, but, but a prostitute like on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, what we come to find out later was how he got busted was. He kept the cops were drawn to a parked car that was in an alley. The brake lights kept flashing. Somebody was like slamming on the brake, slamming on the brake, slamming on the the car was parked. Um, What we come to find out later is that Hugh Grant in the throes of passion um, did not realize that he was pushing his feet into the brake, which Mm -hmm. alerted the cops. Mm. Hey, I'm over here with a prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. Honestly, Josh, I did not know that story. This is the first time I ever heard that. Glad to share it. Um, her wow. name, I remember the prostitute's name. Her name was Divine Brown. And, um, and I remember the mugshot of Hugh Grant. He looked humiliated. He looked like his career was over, is what he looked. He looked humiliated that his career was over. Um, he then went on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Letterman always beat Leno in the ratings, always, ever since Leno took over for Johnny Carson. Hugh Grant goes on The Tonight Show, and he walks out, he sits down, and Jay Leno says... What the hell were you thinking? Uh. And that was the moment that Leno then stole the audience 
and became the number one rated nighttime talk show. And then Letterman never regained it. Wow. As they went head to head, they never got the audience back. And Hugh Grant said, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So he owned it, is what he did. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. And then he had a bounce back. Hugh Grant um, is walking the red carpet and he gets, you know, asked the publicist to be interviewed. So it wasn't like they yanked him and pulled him. Like he was standing there waiting for his chance to be interviewed. Take a listen to Hugh Grant, the former movie star, now movie actor, who is being interviewed by Ashley Graham. Hear for yourself. I want you to decide who's more to blame. Who's actually more to blame for the fact that this got a little awkward and it got a little bit um, standoffish. But uh, take a listen to Hugh Grant as he is being interviewed by Ashley Graham last night on the red carpet at the Oscars. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars and you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, Well... uh... It's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um, not, not no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Just my suit. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember. My tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta- shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, Almost. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right, back to you guys. All right, thank you so much, Ashley. We'll take it from here. Um, Uh. What you hear is a man who quickly realizes that she's not the smartest, that she's not the greatest question asker. And what you realize is that she's incredibly professional. And shout out, by the way, to uh, Ms. Graham because she held her composure when mm-hmm. it got awkward and when it got slow and quiet. He's intentionally putting her through it, Dean. And you and I have both been yeah. in a situation where we've had people do it to us. And if we're going to be honest, we've done it to other people. I've been asked questions by folks and put them through it because they thought they were too cute or we were too familiar and we weren't. And so you kind of let them, as we say, sit in it a little bit. You let them, you let them kind of drown a little bit, struggle to get to the edge of the pool. Um, I've also asked the questions and had the guest allow me to struggle in the silence to make it awkward, very short, very strange. When did you notice, Tina, that it seemed like this started to, to go sideways or at least unravel? I think the glass onion question where he... At the very end? At, well, I think it was just awkward throughout it, but I think the glass onion question where he's like, I was in it for three seconds or whatever he said was yeah. kind of like, oh, like... Goodbye. It happened way before that, though. But that is a moment. No, where I he- thought it was. I thought it was immediate because she almost because she assumed that he liked liked the uh, wanted to be at the Oscars because she was like you've been here a couple of times, and he might have took that as offensive. Like you, you, you know. I think he might have been offended by that. Here's a guy very similar to Aaron Rodgers in that you better come with good questions. I'm smart. You better be smart. And if you're not on my level, well, then we don't got a whole lot here. Um, the old who are you wearing, that's tired. That's played out. And yeah. that's and that's great for people whose publicist said, 
ask her about her necklace, ask her about her dress because it's Versace and it's blah, 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 Tiffany's. But I feel like that's just a go-to question when he's being that bland and like giving you nothing. It's a go-to question when either you're lazy or you're being told by the publicist, please ask about, there's a story there. Ashley Graham wasn't asked that. She wasn't prepared for this. Part of this job is you have to be ready for anything. And part of it means you may catch somebody on a bad day or you might stumble into something that becomes fascinating. I've always wanted to do this job. I've always wanted to be on the red carpet and have a minute with Hugh Grant to get into stuff. So when he says that, um, you know, about being there a few times, you realize that he's not that excited about being here. So maybe I ask him then, probably not your, am I, am I wrong here? But, but take a listen just to the very beginning because he's going to speak and he's going to use the term Vanity Fair. And this is the point where everything dies because when he says Vanity Fair, he means one thing. She thinks he means another. Take a listen. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, uh, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what all right, most- kill it. Mm, so so yeah. when he says Vanity Fair, he means the term by definition. He's using lower case, a lowercase right. Vanity Fair. The definition, any place or group as the world or fashionable society characterized by displaying a preoccupation with idle pleasures or ostentation. In other words, he's mocking the Oscars for being this place of glamour and fame and opulence and wealth. And look at all of you and how silly mm-hmm. this all is in your crazy dresses. She thinks he means Vanity Fair, the magazine that throws the famous after party, mm. which is the legendary thing that you do after the Oscars. So when he says it's all, he realizes she's a model. She doesn't know what the term means. And she wasn't listening in the context that I use this. And now I'm going to make her suffer. Mm. Now I'm going to make her struggle. Now, when she asked me the terrible question about who am I wearing, uh, what am I wearing? A suit. You know, and if he wants to be a nice guy, you know what he says? Oh, this is just a suit that I've had, no special uh, art designer. And when I'm, I'm beyond that, I'm not considered, I'm too old for this and ugly. I uh, 25 years ago, maybe people cared what I wear. Now I'm just, it might as well be a, a track suit because I'm in grandpa clothes. But instead, he's like, a suit, my suit. I feel bad for her, man. I do you too. Gotta, because she, like you said, she's not prepared for this. And you can tell she's not an experienced interviewer. Like for she sure. doesn't do this a lot. Right. So the fact that, like, She's just trying to get through it. She was probably nervous before. And of course, she's probably just waiting to ask the next next question, probably not really listening to his answers, mm. just trying to get the next question out. And he is absolutely hammering her. So that I saw, is terrible. I saw it in real time. I saw it live when it was happening. And what I noticed was when he started talking to her in the beginning, he was smiling. Even the pause in the beginning about what you know he, <laughs> she, he most likes, he was smiling. He was charming. He was trying to think of something to play along. But then when he talked about this scene and about the Vanity Fair, and she was like, oh, yes, of course. Everybody goes there for the party. That's when he decided, nah, man. Like, nah. I'm just good. Yeah. And, and that's when, that's the moment that he decided he was going to let her suffer and struggle. And then when she asked what he's, what he's looking forward to seeing, like what kind of question is that? What are you looking forward to seeing tonight? Maybe ask, who are you looking forward to seeing? Or is there anyone, yeah, right. like, you know, what are you looking forward to seeing? He goes, to see, seeing. 
He realized the bad question. But here's the thing, Dean. You and I both know. Because we've been on both sides of it. We've been the ones asking the question. And people have made it intentionally hard for us or awkward for Mm -hmm. us. It's a test. And then we've also been the ones that are answering the questions of people that thought they were cooler with us than they are. Or, you know, we're we're a little bit too comfortable. And and we made it awkward. We've all been there. But what, what are you looking forward to seeing most tonight? You know, if you're going to, if you're not really excited about it, say, I'm looking forward to seeing no one getting slapped. That would be nice for a change. Mm-hmm. And then just move along with it. He wanted her to suffer. He wanted her to struggle. She did. She didn't show that she was sweating. God bless her. She didn't start talking faster. She didn't start to unravel. She did repeat a little bit of what he said, which is what people do when they're not listening. They have nothing. Tina knows about that a little bit. Oh. You just repeat what somebody says. Yes. <laughs> repeat what they say. It's noticeable. Weekly. It is. It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's noticeable. But he's wrong for, um, she, most people don't know the term Vanity Fair. They think of the magazine. And at the Oscars, right. you think of the magazine, the party afterwards. So she's not wrong to do that. She just wasn't listening to the context of how he explained. He's just a guy like Aaron Rodgers that's too smart for the room, that, that knows more than you do, that would literally say, tell me about it in a question, rephrase it as a question. You know what I'm saying? He's literally that guy. Aaron Rodgers and him, well, same thing. Well, here's here's the way I saw like for her, like you, like I said, I think she was really nervous and she was using like all the skills and techniques as a reporter is supposed to do, which is why she didn't get nervous and she was able to hold it together. Right. But you could just tell like she wasn't really listening because she was trying so hard to just be that reporter. And yeah. all right, let me move on to the next question. But I mean. I think she would have did better just to be like, hey, do you not like this place? Or do you not like coming here? Well, I mean, it's different because it's the Oscars and you're not supposed to go deep. And you're not supposed to get into that stuff. You're not supposed to be, you know, challenging questions. But with that said, if he, I mean, if if you're walking the red carpet that time of day, you're not nominated. And if you want to stop to talk to a reporter, either, either you decided in advance, I'm going to make somebody's job difficult today, or you shouldn't have done it. Like, like you yeah. know, if you're not nominated, what do you think they're going to ask you? What do you think they're going to ask you? Right. Like, why would he sign up for that? Like, why would he get in line to be interviewed? He get in line. He's, he's walking and they grab him. They say, oh, okay, can you come talk to him? Can you come talk to him? Say no. It, he probably should have. Yeah. Because he, because he doesn't want to be there clearly. And he doesn't care to play the fashion game. He doesn't cl- care to claim, you know, who he's most excited to see, what film he enjoyed most this year. She kind of put, she was coasting a little bit. She was a little bit on cruise control. And she got caught. And he decided he wanted to be a D-bag. And so it's the perfect storm of she's coasting. He wants to be a D-bag. So now it gets to be awkward for everybody. I thought it was great that she held it together. I thought she was great that she held it together. She didn't panic. That was Dean. Dean, are you okay? (laughs) We've lost Dean. Okay. The hell was that? I don't know. Uh, Anyway, I thought it was great that she held it together, that she was calm. Dean, are you back? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What yeah. just happened? What the hell was that? I don't know, man. My phone had like hung up. No, some music played. Yeah, what was the music that just played? They there a ringtone? No. Okay. I don't know what. I think it hit pause, and then there might be a pause on there. What, kind of, what song was it? Okay, I don't, <laughs> we we turned beat. it all very fast. Yeah, it scared the hell out of me. It was loud as hell. <laughs> anyway, good on her to hold it together and not let him see him sweat. And, uh, and and bad on him for, you know, not explaining. No, no, dear, when I say Vanity Fair, I mean the ostentatiousness, the silliness of this show of wealth and fame and celebrity, how ridiculous all this is. 
He could have he could have schooled her right there. He could have taught her in a nice way. Mm-hmm. But instead, he wanted her to suffer because she didn't know what the term meant. Yeah. And there we have it. Coming up next, uh, Dean watched Creed three and claims to have found a uh, no, no spoilers, but claims that uh, he found a plot hole or at least what the what the movie was actually missing. Speaking of which, um, coming up next, Tina has her first time doing her Tina's Movie Monday critique. She will critique the 1997 classic, nine-time Academy Award-nominated Goodwill <laughs> Hunting. Why are you laughing already? <laughs> it's an interesting movie. Yes, it is indeed. <laughs> Plus, Tina was bothered by a man at spring training that was doing what in plain sight? Tina could see him doing this. Other people could, too, and he just kept doing it anyway. This bothered Tina. We'll find out what all that is coming up on the other side. A reminder right now that Life Imaging FLA is giving away the free heart scan with minimum requirements still and allowing you to get a full body scan while you're there as well. The full body scans detect cancers up to a decade before you'd feel a symptom, before you'd feel anything was wrong, before you'd think to go to a doctor. Time is everything when it comes to your heart issues and or cancers that you have no idea are inside of you. All of us know people that are no longer with us. All of us love people that are no longer with us because the doctor said, if only we caught this sooner. I wish we had caught this sooner. You can find out exactly what's happening in your body. It takes a couple of minutes. You feel nothing. It's a simple scan. I did it. You should do it. Everybody should do it. All they do is heart scans and full body scans at Life Imaging FLA. All they do is literally save lives and give people peace of mind. On your cell phone, you call pound 250, It's a phone call, pound 250, and then when you're prompted, you just say three words, free heart scan, pound 250, hit call. When prompted, say free heart scan. No strings attached, no scams, no schemes, no nothing other than peace of mind and a head start perhaps if you need to do something about your heart and or. And by the way, they don't fix those things. They just let you know so then your doctor can deal with those things. So don't look at it like that. This is life-saving scan technology for peace of mind and early detection. Call pound 250. Say free heart scan. Do it today. Do it now for Life Imaging FLA. The home team is back with Tina's first ever Monday movie critique. Mm-hmm. And she laughs at a nine-time Academy Award nominated film. The home team on ESPN 106.3. The 5 p.m. Cocktail Hour on Josh Cohen and the Home Team is brought to you by Rachel's Palm Beach, your premier adult dining steakhouse and entertainment experience. Servicing the Palm Beaches for over two decades. To learn more, visit rachelspalmbeach.com. Good evening. Salud. (laughs) Chin down. You're listening to Josh Cohen and the Home Team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 106.3. The NFL quarterback carousel situation continues to spin. More dudes are finding seats, which means fewer seats. It also means fewer dudes. Garoppolo, Jimmy G, today, to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Jets backup that some people thought might get a chance to start this season, Mike White, he goes to Miami in a two-year, $16 million deal to our Dolphins. Still waiting on Aaron Rodgers to announce if he's going to continue to play. And to announce that the Packers and Jets have agreed to terms to trade Rodgers to the Jets. I'm expecting that to happen in the next 24 hours. That's just me. But what do I know? 
Uh, coming up in just a moment, Tina bothered by a man at spring training that was doing what in plain sight? Tina thought it was just nasty. Just kind of, kind of, I, I like it. Kind of nasty Ew, and inconsiderate Tina? as yes. well. Find out what that is in a sec. Uh, first, though, a reminder... Anna Jar and Levine accident attorneys at 1 800 747 free. 800 747 free. Answer the phone <clears throat> 24 hours a day. With Anna Jar and Levine accident attorneys, you'll always talk about your case with an actual attorney. Yes, they answer the phone 24 hours a day. Yes, the consultation is absolutely free. And yes, you don't pay anything until after your case is settled. Um, Anna Jar and Levine want to help you take back control of your life. If you were in an accident, maybe a slip and fall, Maybe you got hurt at work, you know, when you get injured on the job, you got workers' comp issues. You call in as you're on the Veen so they can help you take back control of your life. And they can deal with the insurance companies because you can't do it alone. 800-747-FREE. 800-747-3733 for Anajar and Levine accident attorneys take back control of your life. Tina is a man at spring training that you could see right there in front of everybody that was doing what, and you found it to be kind of nasty and certainly uh, inconsiderate to others. What was going on at the baseball game? So this man sitting next to me, he was... Oh, he's right next to you. He was right next Ooh. to me. Did you, get, did you get any on you? What, no. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was with his four kids as well. There's three boys, I would say. One was in their teens. You know, the other two boys were probably like not like eight to 10. Mm-hmm. And then he had a very young daughter, probably about like five or six. Yeah. And this man kept putting all of his trash and all of his kids trash under their seat at the, at the ballpark. Orderly or disorderly, like hiding it under the seats or like stacking it and putting it together. No, just like not throwing it, but just setting just it right down under it. a seat. Yeah. No, like no order, no stacking. No, no, not gotcha. making it nice and neat. So like whoever has to go pick that up is like, it's in one pile. Like, no, it was everywhere within the five seats that they had. Right. So, so he got all his kids and him and he's taking all his trash and he's just throwing it under the seat, not putting it, but throwing it. Like he had a, a, a whole full bucket of popcorn right? and he just put it under the seat. And I just don't understand why can't you get up? And walk down the 12 so, steps of stairs and go throw in the trash can. Did he stay to the very end? No, he didn't. Did you stay to the very end? I did not. Did he leave before you? He did leave before me. And when he left, did he take his trash and throw it away? He did not take oh, his trash at all. Oh, there's the problem. Oh, there's the problem. Because I don't have a problem with you putting it under your seat. As long as when you get a chance to exit the row or you leave the game, you take your trash and throw it away with you. Dean, am I wrong with that? No, you're 100% right about that. That's exactly <laughs> what you should do if you are a gentleman and you have social skills. But I'm even worse than this man because when I go over Yeah, you have roaches houses, in your car. You're really Yeah, mad. I do have roaches in my car. But when I go over people's houses, you know how sometimes like they got candy in their house, like in a little bowl or something? Yeah. yeah. I'm notorious for doing that. So I'll grab some candy and then I'll, I'll take a whole bunch of it and sit on the couch and I'll eat the candy and I'll just stuff the wrappers right in the sofa. Oh, you <laughs> don't, <laughs> liar. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You stuff the, you take the wrappers off and you just stuff them inside the sofa cushions. Yeah. yeah yep. No one believes you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got no problem with putting your trash under your seat. Same. Because here's the thing, Tina. Would you rather somebody put their trash under the seat or would you rather somebody, excuse me, I got to get up and make everybody stand up, get out there so they can walk down the aisle, walk down the row, walk down the row, throw things away, then walk back down, walk back down, take their seat. And they got to throw another wrapper away. Take all your stuff. You don't want to make everybody stand up, you know, to get up so you can exit the row. No. Again, I would rather, I'm totally fine you putting your trash under your seat while you're still staying for the whole game. But when you are leaving the game and exiting the ballpark. Did you say anything? Please, 
No, because I didn't know when he was leaving. Like they got up and down multiple times. This guy coming back. So yeah, would they, you have said something? That's the question. Hell no. You should have said, "Hey, you <laughs> forgot about this. You forgot about your trash." No, I wasn't going to say anything. And again, they were so back and forth, but it bothered me so much because I just feel for the people that have to go and pick that up throughout every yeah. single seat, and I saw just trash everywhere. Somebody on Twitter pointed. Oh, did out you to clean me, it up? Some yeah, you should have. Somebody pointed out to me on Twitter that the reason that uh, ballpark concessions cost even more is because they have to hire people to clean that stuff up. Yeah. So, Just pick up your trash and throw it away. Yeah, you should. Um, uh, you, We've all seen the video. It was on Instagram and on Twitter of like the big, strong dude that was um walking down. I think it was walking. Or was he on a scooter? I think he was walking down the side of the street. And somebody in a, in a fancy car threw their trash out the window. And he picked the trash up and he threw it back in the window. Good. On the guy. And the guy got out of the car. The guy was awesome. Yeah you, yeah. you saw the video? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the dude was just fearless. He was like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You want some of this? Because he was a big, swollen cat. Good. Yeah. I don't know if he could fight or not, but he thought he could. <laughs> and that's what's most important. In the end, that's what's most important. Um, our on-air Twitter debate poll results, we'll get that <clears throat> inside the two-minute warning. I'm asking on my Twitter, at Josh on air, about eating and drinking at sporting events. Do you, what do you do with the wrappers and empty cups? And then I ask what people should do. It's a different thing when you put it under there and leave it, <clears throat> as opposed to putting it under there until you can take it and throw it away. Because it's a less considerate to make everybody stand up twice while you go throw it away and come back. Oh, yeah. That's much more inconsiderate. Of course it is. You're always, you know, you don't want to keep getting up and down. You feel bad going to the bathroom because, again, every depending on where you're sitting, I was sitting in the middle and I had to go to the bathroom once and I felt bad having everyone get up. Like yeah. if I have an empty row behind me where I can like step over and not yeah. have to ask anyone to get up, I'll do that. But you so sometimes don't have that opportunity. New arenas have fewer seats in a row. But then you go to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, California. That stadium was built in like 1885. Um, when I tell you that it's like you're in row uh, H and you're in seat 57. Oh, you're like, what? Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Sorry. Sorry. Don't get up. Just move your feet. Thank you. for Pardon me. Excuse me. Move your feet. I'm good. No, no. Don't get up. It's good. Pardon me. Pardon me. And then, then there's 50 more. Like You're in seat 57, but there's like 17. Ask Evan Cohen about the brutality of uh, the rows at the Rose Bowl. There's like there's like four entries. There's like four aisles for 105,000 people. Oh, my God. Pardon me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon me. That's I'm way still worse. curious as to why, like, when somebody does something like that that really totally offends us, like, is it wrong to say something to them? Like, should we, is it, is it our responsibility to say something to him. Like, should you be like, hey, man, you're not going to just leave that. There's, there, a right? there's a difference between a dude consciously throwing it out the window, right? Because I will say something to that person as opposed mm -hmm. to as opposed to the person that was putting stuff under the seat, but then possibly forgot to grab it all to throw it away out of sight, out of mind. If you're stepping over it, then, yes, you say, excuse me, um, you should take your trash with you, my man. That's the right thing to yeah, do. Right? Yeah. That's society. That's the, that is... That's the right thing to do. Right. But is it is it worth it, though? It depends. Like, if, I look like at him, I'm saying, like... I look at him and I ask, can uh, can he whoop me? And That's what I'm saying. And most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, the answer is yes, but I say it anyways. Because let's find out. Well, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if... You, you have to think, like, the type of person that would do that... Yeah. Probably would want to fight you maybe, maybe. yes right Correct. right so like yeah. is it is it worth getting into a fight over to ask somebody hey man get your trash um i guess I, it depends on how you ask them too right i've done it before where i've said in a passive aggressive way i'll get this for you i got it 
and then you throw their trash away for them. Like I, I've cleared t- like plates where where there's like yeah. a, a dish pan, like at the Honda Classic in the media room. You know, there's people come around grab your plates, but you don't need them to do that. There's a dish. There's there's a bus tray right over there. Take the stuff. People get up and say, "Oh no, no, I'll, I'll take care of this for you. Don't worry about it." It's a little passive aggressive way of being like, "Pick up after yourself." I'm really bad at when people don't hold the door open like for you when they're like very close. I will be like, "Thanks," like purposely. Aggressive. Yes, so they can hear me yeah. say thanks because it's rude. And I'll hold the door open for you. Is anyone. there anything more awkward than having to make a decision whether or not you should jog? Or not. Whether or not you should hold the door for the person. If you stand there, it's like creepy. You make them jog. Or if it's far. Like that awkwardness when you're holding a door open, you look and you're like, either be really close or be really far. Because if they're in the sweet spot, you know, right there in the middle, you have a tough decision to make. And then it forces them to start jogging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what I do, man? Like, that's the one thing that I'm really good at. I'm really good at holding the door for somebody. In fact, like. I'll see that. And if they start running, I'm like, yo, man, take your time, man. It's all good. We going to the same place. Yeah. Like I'm really, I'm really good about that. But people feel obligated all of a sudden. As soon as you hold a yeah. door, they start, they start, you know, hustling. <laughs> they start, yeah. they start as jogging. If, as if the, and it's like, they're not going any faster. It's just right. the effort of a hustle that's supposed to make you Correct. feel good. Like they're doing their part Correct. because you did your part. It's like when the check comes and you have no interest in paying for it because there's a rich <laughs> friend at the table, he can. And so then you pretend like you're going to reach for it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you do that little Ken Lavica fake reach for the check because you're not going to. Uh, time now for the first ever Tina's Monday, excuse me, Tina's Monday movie critique. We got the music better, as a matter of fact. And today she will be reviewing the 1997 classic nine-time Academy Award nominated Goodwill Hunting. Not only of the favorite film of myself and Dean Thomas, but the founder of this company. And our CEO, Craig Carmazin, said he had seen this film and it inspired him to want to start this company and do it together with his childhood buddy, Steve Politziner, who is the president now of this company. Tina, tell us about Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. So... My attention span is very small, so we you noticed. gotta you gotta catch like you gotta pull me into the movies very fast for me to pay attention the entire time. Yep. So I'll just start off by saying I was not paying attention most of the time during this movie. It was like bits and pieces that I was like really focusing on it. I was doing laundry while watching it, and just it didn't make me want to like sit down and just like fully watch the movie. Wow. So it did not engage you. Goodwill Hunting. It did not engage you. My whole entire just thoughts on this movie is that Matt Damon, he's a very smart guy, intelligent guy. He's a janitor for a college and he ends up solving, you know, this crazy an equation from that this professor puts up for his students. Was it a college or was it kind of a prestigious university? A prestigious university. I mean, I went to college. I went to Towson State. A prestigious, this is a prestigious university. university yes. right? I okay. like it's a, commu- a community college. I wasn't paying attention enough to know what college it was. So it was MIT or Harvard, right? It was one of the two of those. It wasn't it? Harvard because he goes to Harvard so and he meets MIT? a girl. I guess it was MIT. Uh, Tina, by the way, her she texted uh, her movie critique earlier this morning <laughs> and it reads, Matt Damon is a smart guy and is a janitor. Doesn't want to use his smartness. Meets a girl, <laughs> screws it up, leaves to win her back. That is your whole movie review. That's my whole entire movie review. I will say this. My favorite part of the movie is when they go to the Harvard bar and, you know, Ben Affleck is just, he's horrible at trying to pick up these girls. And that one guy with the long hair gets involved and they see that guy out at the other bar yeah. and he 
bangs on the window of the outside of wherever they're at. You and he like goes, apples? You like apples? And then he goes, I got her number. How no, do you like No, her? he said, I got her number. Oh, yeah. And he number. Said, How do you like, like them apples? apples? Yeah. That I got was a my, number. That was my favorite part of the movie. That's most people's favorite yeah. part. Uh, Tina, how much do you think it costs to make Goodwill Hunting? How much do you think it costs? $2.5 million. In 1997? Really? Yeah. Uh, Dean, what do you think it costs to make that masterpiece? I don't know. $8 million? $10 million. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that movie earned at the box office? I know it found a lot of, um, you know, at rentals and home video, people buying it and then later streaming the it. box office? But at the, at the actual box office, in ticket sales, to go watch it on the theater, how much money do you think that movie made worldwide? Tina? $150 million. Dean? $75 million. $225 million. Mm-hmm. $10 million cost, quarter of a billion dollars in return. That film I'd was nominated. Success. It was nominated for nine Oscars. It won two Oscars, and Tina was not uh, amused or in, in, entertained. <laughs> Honestly, too, like I know Robin Williams was a big part of that movie. Yes. I don't remember one line that he said. I don't think I listened oh to God. one part that he said. You have to turn. You didn't even off. remember. It's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault. It's not your fault. Yeah, no. It's not your. fault. And that one professor just evil. You know what the problem is, Dean? The irony is that the, the the line from the movie she should remember is "It's not your fault." And Tina always says to us that whatever happens wrong is not her fault. That's a great <laughs> irony. It's never your fault. And in the movie, that was the lesson you should take from that. Mm. So what's the moral of the story? What's the what's the big moral of the story? Because we're, we're late for break. What's the big moral of the movie, Tina? What's the big lesson to be learned? Go for the girl. Go for the girl? <laughs> I don't know. I have, I have no idea. I have no idea. Sort of. Yeah. I really don't know what yeah. the whole point of this, the, the movie was. Dean, what would you say that the, the moral of the story is? The moral of the story is do what makes you happy. Yeah. Sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone so that you can find out what life truly has for you. Mm. And he was comfortable in that job with those friends in that life. But in life, you can't fulfill your potential. You can't realize what actually your possibilities are till you go and search. Remember, Robin Williams is a guy that skipped the World Series because he had to, quote, find out about a girl. Get to see about a girl. Yes. See about a girl. Got to yes. see, see about a girl. And so at the end, Will Hunting writes a letter and says, I got to see about a girl. Mm-hmm. Hey, you took he my Fisk's, He missed Carlton Fisk's home run. He missed Carlton Fisk's home run. Robin Williams did. I do remember he yep. said he took my line. That was the only thing I remember Robin Williams saying at the end. Took my line. Yeah, that's it. Uh, there is Tina's Monday <laughs> movie critique. Not a fan. Got 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it made $225 million worldwide, nominated for nine Oscars. Tina says, out of five out of uh, five tequila bottles, how many are you giving it? Out of five tequila shots, how many? One and a half. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. When we come back, we start looking for a new producer. Um, Land Rover Palm Beach, west of the Turnpike, Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach, going to help you find your next ride. If your lease is coming up, they're going to help you find exactly what you want to be in. Um, they just completed on Friday the Pull for Paws charity event for the service dog shelter uh, program at Furry Friends Adoption Clinic. They'll be at the Palm Beach Boat Show, as will we. And um, they want you to know that when you know comes to fixing your vehicle, they're committed to fixing it right the first time. Because nobody wants to go back and forth. Complimentary pickup and delivery of your vehicle, as well as complimentary loaner vehicles. My Range Rover the R-Dynamic is from Land Rover Palm Beach. Your next vehicle should be too. West of the Turnpike, Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. Ask for Matt Atkins. He's the GM. He's the boss. And he's the best. LandRoverPalmBeach.com. LandRoverPalmBeach.com. Two-minute warning is next. We're late. Home team. ESPN 106.3. 
The 5 p.m. Cocktail Hour on Josh Cohen and the Home Team is brought to you by Rachel's Palm Beach, your premier adult dining steakhouse and entertainment experience, servicing the Palm Beaches for over two decades. To learn more, visit rachelspalmbeach.com. Good evening. Salud. Chendan. <laughs> You're listening to Josh Cohen and the Home Team with Dean Thomas and Tina, delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 1063. Inside the cocktail hour, served by Rachel's Palm Beach, off the 45th Street exit, I-95, Rachel's Palm Beach, Rachel's Steakhouse, Adult Entertainment Club as well. Um, we got the Twitter debate poll results about food at the ballpark and your trash, but we are short on time. So I want to remind everybody that the first and last name in air conditioning is not your first and last name in plumbing. John C. Cassidy, 561-863-6750. Since 1960, family-owned, local family-owned company with honesty, integrity, and trust. They're going to help save you time, money, and aggravation for your AC needs, your service and repairs, as well as for your plumbing. 561-863-6750. 561-863-6750. Great, honest, reliable people. Family-owned business, the American dream. Save you time, money, and aggravation with the Cassidy Care Program. They answer the phone 24 hours a day. First and last name in AC is now the same in plumbing. Plumbing, excuse me. John C. Cassidy. Twitter honor debate poll question. When eating, drinking at a sporting event, which do you do with the wrappers and empty cups? A, get up and throw them away. B, place them under my seat. What'd they say? Tina. Place them under my seat, 70%. Dean. Get up and throw them away, 70%. Place them under my seat, 56%. Um, what, what, when eating, drinking at a sporting event, what should people do with their empty wrappers and cups? Get up and throw them away, leave them under their seat. Tina. Get up and throw them away, 57%. Dean. Get up and throw them away, 70%. 67%. Get up and throw them away. Even though they admitted that they do the wrong thing, they admit what the people should be doing, which is fascinating to me. And honest, which I appreciate. Dad Joke Daily, Championship of Cringe. Dean Thomas, go ahead with your dad joke. Fire. Why didn't Han Solo like the steak dinner? Don't know. Why? Because it was chewy. (laughs) He gets credit for the sound effect. Tina, go. Where do fish keep their money? I don't know where. In a riverbank. Yikes. Dad Joe Daily, not presented by anyone. No one wants to be attached. I'm sorry. Daily Dose, that's cold. Brought to you by John C. Cassidy. North Carolina is the first preseason AP number one team to miss the tournament since the field expanded to 64 teams in 1985. First ever. Regardless, by the way, of rank, it's the first time Carolina missed the tournament since 2009-2010. Wow. I know. It's pretty sad. Uh, Coming up next, Canty and Carlin, then Heat coming on at 7. Every day above ground. It's a good day. Say good night to the bad guy. Good night, bad guy. Great night. Home team time is just about 6 p.m.